Hi everyone, welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 13, uh, 13, sorry, episode 13. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host Hugo. How are you doing today? It's the big 3-0 Gons, so yeah. very, very happy. And I'm also very glad to, well, to announce, and I'm sure everyone knows, all our viewers, all our fans will know, that Agustin Tapia and Arturo Coelho are now confirmed as the number one ranked pair in World Battle Tour rankings this year, which, well, is exactly what we both wanted, I'm sure. I'm sure you're in the same position as I am. So it's probably the second second best um, moment for me in the season the, when they actually stole the number one ranked position from Lebron Angeland was probably the best moment still in my eyes, given how epic the match was and just how big a milestone it was, uh, given that it was so unexpected, really, that they would make the number one ranked spot so early. But the fact that they've confirmed it after a tough few man- months and not having won a tournament in, what was it, more or less three or four months? Well, was... since July, at least at World Paddle Tour level. Exactly. So August, September, October, November. Yeah, almost, almost five months, four, four months or so. So yeah, big, big moment for them. Incredibly happy to see two very young players and such nice guys as well. They're so loved on the circuit. So yeah, very happy <laughs> is the summary. And what did you think of the tournament overall? Because I'm sure there are a couple of other players that you would like to talk about. You are indeed right. Firstly, I want to talk about the conditions in terms of what the court was like. What I do quite like and what I've enjoyed about Mexico is that basically each year is a different ball game. We saw a few years ago when, was it Paquito and Chingoto? Well, I think they were playing against each other. Uh, it actually, it might have been Franco Stupasuka and Alex Reef against Chingoto and Teo. What one of those combinations played the longest ever point in paddle, at least that's kind of been heard of. Uh, it was more or less like eight minutes or so because the court was so slow. And I felt this week or last week, it was really quite fast, wasn't it? Yeah, very much indeed. And I think that's why maybe we saw the likes of uh, Leo Asburger and Tino Livac uh, get so so far ahead because obviously it suits their, their game very much as well. I thought that was interesting that Coelho and Tapia said that they had no expectation of winning Mexico, which I thought was quite interesting. I wonder if that had something to do with just, as you mentioned, the court conditions in general and thinking that perhaps it wasn't like their tournament or their style of tournament. But regardless, they they did come through and I'm sure that the, the conditions of, of the court did help somewhat. Yeah, to be honest... I did very much enjoy that it was a fast court, not because this benefited Tabian Coelho, probably think that, and in a way, yes, but mainly because I felt that, as I mentioned in one of our previous episodes, one of our previous podcasts, I felt like over recent weeks, courts had either been slow, very slow, kind of medium speed courts, and I do very much enjoy watching that kind of paddle. It's more strategic probably tougher for 
most players. I don't know about most players, but I just personally, I much prefer playing on slower courts because that's the kind of court that suits my game. But it is just so much fun watching players just go for smashes from any kind of position in the court. So I was very happy to see that this year Mexico was very much that case. And, well, just to kind of delve deeper into the highs and lows, my, I mean, two highs, really. Obviously, the fact that Dabian Goya made the number one, well, won the tournament and made the number one spot, confirmed it, is epic. And, however, I think the biggest highlight for me was Leroz Borgheda and Dino Olivac making the final. Now, two players who are aged 18 and 19, respectively, have actually made two World Panel Tour finals this season because, obviously, they made the final in Argentina and they made the final last week in Mexico. So, South America is clearly their home ground. <laughs> I mean, they are Argentinians, to be fair. But, yeah, I just thought they were sensational. And it wasn't just the fact that they made some unbelievable points and they beat some of the top-ranked pairs because, obviously, they beat Paquito, Navarro and Fede Chingoto in the quarterfinals and Stupasuk and Dineno in the semifinals. It's the fact that they actually had to go to three sets and they beat both pairs in the tie-break. That's what really surprised me because it shows kind of how strong they are mentally. And I think that's quite special given how young they are, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a level there of maturity that we've seen from both uh, Leos Burger and Libak. I think, as you say, it's very important, not just that they won, but how they won. I think at the beginning of the year, when they got to the final in uh, where their first final, I believe it was La Rioja, um, it was an incredibly fast court. I think that they basically won all their matches, two setters, very quick. I remember they beat uh, Tello and Paquito when they were back together and Paquito playing on the right hand. Great on, on shout. The right, on the right side. So, I mean, nothing to take away from them, obviously, because it's incredible they even managed to make the final. But I felt like the path uh, that they took this, this time round was incredibly harder. And I'm not sure that this same tournament a year ago, let's say, they would have won it or the, the sorry, they would have gone to the final in, in the in the way they have done. So I think overall the the culmination of getting to the final at this time round and the opposition that they beat and the and how they did it, I think it just shows you the progress that they've had throughout the year. And that's why they've they've ended up like essentially getting to the final in, in such a in such a strong way. I'm not sure that the Leos Burger and Tino Libakov back in February, or maybe it wasn't February, but like March when they got to the final uh, in La Rioja, those same players would have gone to the final now. But I think that they've grown so much. And it's quite funny, I think, because if you would have asked me a week ago, um, how would I grade Liba, um, Leos, uh, Leos Burger and Tino Libakov's season in terms of like giving like a score? I mean, I still think I would have ranked them pretty high in terms of probably like seven or an eight, but now it just has to be a 10. It's just unbelievable because the fact that they've made two finals at World Paddle Tour level, it's more than many players in the top, like top 10 pairs, like players that are just going to the massive final right now. And the fact that they've 
um, that also Leos Burger was one one match, one victory away from ma- making the Masters final. When he started the year in qualifiers, I think it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I can't wait. I think we did say uh, when they went back together that it was a, it was a great decision, that um, they they will be very dangerous for anyone. And they obviously did have a, a very rough patch, but I think they're, they're, I think we can just see what their ceiling is like. And these type of matches, they obviously need to get a bit more consistent heading into, into next year, but that, that will come with age, that will come with experience, that will come with more training, better coaching. But the fact that they've already gone to two finals, the fact that they basically can beat anyone at any given point in time just shows you that their ceiling is basically uncapped. Totally agree. And it was quite an emotional moment at the end of the final, wasn't it, with Leo Asburger breaking down into tears and, well, when he was hugging Coelho and then also when he hugged Dabia because I don't know how many of our viewers and listeners know this, but they're very close friends. This is Coelho and Dabia and Asburger and back. They train together a lot and you often see them. They're almost part of the same camp. I remember when Dabia and Goya made the number one spot in one of the celebratory picks. It was Liwak and Alsburger in the background. Yeah. And they're, well, they're constantly... They're, they're part of the Knox Academy. So, yeah. It's exactly. Tapia's part of the Knox Academy as well. They train together in Barcelona. But as you mentioned, yeah, they're, they're great, great friends. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm kind of what I was more surprised about was the fact that they're so close with Goya as well. Obviously, they'll be close with Dabia, but I guess that's kind of part of the deal, right? They're the same, you know, they're part of the same pair. They train together the whole day, and not whole day, but a lot of days, then then it's normal. I just realised, and to be honest, I do think it was a bit of an atrocity from us not starting the episode with a massive shout-out to one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. Juan Martin Diaz, because very sad, the Mexico Open was his last ever professional tournament. Now, he he's 47 years old and he was still making the main draw of all World Palotour events, which is absolutely baffling. And recently, he'd been reaping some really good results next to Lamberti, another old dog who's well, seemingly in his last years of his career, but playing some really good paddle after a tough start to the season. Yeah, Guns, any words from you? Yeah, I mean, thanks a lot for that because uh, we did it to Pablo Lima and uh, we were about to do it to Juan Martin Diaz <laughs> as well. So um, I'm glad you you stopped uh, right there because, yes, I think we can't go without giving a small tribute to Juan Martin Diaz, who's been an absolute legend. Um, I think more than 150 titles uh 13 years ranked number one in the world consecutively uh, i don't think that the sport has seen many more dominant than than he has and i think that he's very clearly the best uh right side player in the game and uh yeah he he will definitely be missed and as you say the fact that he was still making main draw the fact that he was still winning matches i mean in mexico he he got to the second round with with lamberti uh, it just shows you how 
how good he is and and what a legend of the sport. I think that it's very sad that this year we had like so many legends drop out. And uh, Juan Martin Diaz, I think, will definitely be be one of one of the ones that we miss the most. And yeah, I think also as a person, you could see how the players felt when when he had to say goodbye and how much love that he's received in in social media and elsewhere because he's definitely a player's player, and I think everyone around Paddle and and the game loves him. So uh, yeah, I believe that he's going to Miami to play the Pro Paddle League. So I am very excited that at least he's going to stay with Paddle and that we're going to be able to to continue see his his magic touches uh, down there. He is just a special player, right? There's a lot of players in the game and a lot of game styles. And he was known amongst many as El Señor de los Reflejos, who, for, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, that means the king or the master of reflexes some of the points that i've seen him play and some of the balls i've seen him reach and some of the tricks i've seen him perform are i've, I've never seen from anyone else being totally honest i think his level of magic is only comparable with that has and maybe juan lebron's it's that kind of level just to put it into perspective particularly for our younger listeners who haven't really watched Juan Martin play in his peak. And yeah, I mean, there is a question around, has he been the GOAT? Because a lot of players in their posts saying goodbye or farewell to Juan Martin, at least Juan Martin's professional career, this is, he's not leaving us, luckily. A lot of them have mentioned the words GOAT or the emoji, which is obviously quite a thing going around at the moment. I know we've lived it a lot with the Messi versus Ronaldo debate in football. Gons, what are your thoughts on this? Would he enter question for you? I think he's definitely in the conversation. I think that he's definitely, for the time being, the best right-handed or right-sided player, sorry, in the history of the game. Uh, however, I do think that Bella is the GOAT. I just think that on top of how many years he's been on, on, in the world number one, like everything that he's done, even after that period of being with Juan Martin and how many more titles he's won. Um, and the fact that he, yeah, up, up until this year, he was he's still in winning titles. So I do think that Juan Martin Diaz is potentially just a step below. And they're obviously, we don't know how the other players are going to do. And there's obviously room for other players to to take over both of them but in in my ranking right now it's definitely uh, Bela and Juan Martin Diaz in that order right in that order correct yeah I, I've got to I've got to agree with you I think he is clearly the best forehand player that's ever that the game's ever seen so far it is true that it's kind of a fake forehand player really as per se because he is a lefty Right. And in that partnership with Bella, he was a more attacking player and he was the player who yeah. took the risks and, well, his best shots were his volley and his smash, really. Obviously, his reflexes as well. Bella was basically doing all the dirty work for him. So, yeah, just very sad, as you say, that so many legends of the game have 
decided to retire this season and a few are looking to retire very soon. I'm sure Lamberti hasn't got that long left. I think I've read interviews suggesting that next season might be a last season. The same with Vela. seems like that's fully confirmed that 2024 will be his last season. So, yeah, just sad times, but sad. at the same time, great to see so many players paying tribute to him on social media. And some of the photos I've seen of, for example, Javi Garrido with Juan Martin Díaz yeah. when they were younger. Just so funny, isn't it? Exactly. And it's crazy to think, right? Like, uh, I've seen a couple of those as well. And it's like, he's still competing against Javi Garrido, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. That just shows the longevity of these, well, these truly legendary players. Um, but moving on, not fully from the Mexico Open, but moving on from Juan Martín Díaz, what was your major low light or major low lights? Yeah, I was a bit surprised by Tejan Ruiz, I'm not going to lie. I thought that they would put a decent tournament together. I think that they, they've they been very much hot and cold. Uh, it's just you don't really know what you're going to get from them. And I felt like the last couple of tournaments, they they had been quite cold. So I thought that this would be a, a moment that, where they would show up. I think that the core conditions favoured them. I In the race, I had them making the semifinals. So I, always, I didn't think that they were going to win, no way. But I definitely thought that they had a good run to make the semifinals. And despite the fact that I would say their side of the draw was it was filled with pairs and players that are like quite good, but I didn't feel like there was any standout where you would think like, oh my God, they're getting to this round and they're definitely not going through. However, they did have, they did overall, and I think we mentioned this actually when we were doing the race, we sort of said that, to be honest, we could see any of the of the pairs like going through there. Um, and making that side of the semi-final, but they were the favourites. Uh, they are higher seeded, so yeah, I did expect that they would come through. So it was a bit of a of a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest. They were one of my low lights, definitely. I do agree that their draw wasn't particularly easy, and that's why I didn't decide that decide to put them in the semi-finals in my prediction because I thought that they had to play either Chotas Capra or Arroyo Alonso in the, well, round of 16, which they did end up playing Alonso and Arroyo. And to be fair, they lost in the tiebreak in the third set, didn't they? So it was yeah. a pretty, it was a pretty tight match and I'm sure it could have gone either way. And then, to be fair, Gonzalez and Garrido, one more this is, and Javi, who I thought were going to make the semis, also lost to Alonso and Esbury. So we should probably make a shout-out to Alonso and Esbury, who have been performing... Sorry, Arroyo and Alonso. Yeah, I get confused with the surnames. They're almost a bit similar. But yeah, Arroyo and Alonso have been playing really well recently. And although they weren't... I didn't see them as a major risk in terms of beating Guayo and Dabia in the semi-finals. They totally and utterly dominated that game. But they did beat two of the top eight seeded players on their way to the semi-finals. 
because obviously they beat Momor, Javi, and Alex and Theo. So great tournament from them. But what I wanted to say is I actually think a major low light for me was Gogi Miedo and John Chan because they did go past the first round against Diestro and Leal, but only due to Leal's injury very, very early on in the match. They only played a couple of games. And then they went on to lose against Cardona and Reef, who this is Javi Ruiz. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that pair. I think we've spoken about it previously. Didn't really see a huge potential in them, mainly because Javi Ruiz is getting older now. And although I've actually seen a lot of interviews recently mentioning Javi Ruiz as one of the most underrated players on tour, I feel that Cardona is still lacking that consistency in his game, as we mentioned previously. But to be fair to them, they made the quarterfinals in Mexico. And yeah, I was just expecting more from Goggy and John. And I think the end of the season is really putting a question mark around whether they will stick together uh, basically in 2024. I don't know what your thoughts are, Gons. That's a very interesting point. I think that the way the season ends definitely could be a determining factor as to whether they think that they should stick together or not. It does seem, though, that they get along brilliantly outside of the of the court. So I'm sure that that's a good thing going for them and and the, and if they if they want to stick together, but you do have that feeling where it's like John Santh could ask himself, am I really going to be challenging at the top with Coquinieto? And the fact that he's been with someone like Ale Alan, I'm sure that he's got higher aspirations. He's obviously a right, like a forehand player uh, who's left-handed. So left side, for, for a left-sided player, that's a very attractive um, type of player to go for because obviously you can you can be a very offensive pair and he's clearly shown that mm, he belongs at the top and I think at the moment he's definitely the better player of, of uh, either of, of the pair of his own pair so yeah it's a it's a very important uh, point I don't think I was very much thinking about it but uh, yeah yet again you bring a you bring a <laughs> Another one out there, which uh, could very well be be happening, and and we could uh, see them parting ways depending on their performance at, at the Master Final. I'd be curious uh, to hear your thoughts on who would you see John Santh with. Well, the rumors are that Juan LeBron is considering a return to the backhand side of the court, and John Santh could be on his books cool. now. That would be a fiery pair, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that would be. I wouldn't mind seeing that. No, I I do think they do pretty well, to be honest, because what I feel regarding Goggy and John's partnership, and to be fair, I didn't feel this at the start because they were really the pair that was challenging the top three pairs, to be honest. I almost felt they were closer to beating the top three pairs in terms of and Galan, Lebron, than Paquito and Chingote. I really felt that they were closer to doing that. But I just feel that the ceiling of 
John Santh Gogi Nieto as a pair is very much marked by John Santh's performances and form because you know what you're getting from Gogi Nieto. I don't think his ceiling is much higher. However, I do think that John Santh could still reach a higher peak in his game, higher than what we've seen. So, well, personally, I'd love to see Lebron go back to the backhand because imagine if he went back, having dominated the forehand and changed the side of the court to dominate paddle for over three years and then went back to the backhand and did it again. That would almost unquestionably just make him the GOAT. (laughs) I I agree. If if he gets to number one ranked on the right-hand side and he gets to being number one ranked on the left-hand side, he's the GOAT. Because also, looking at the pairs currently, he wouldn't be playing with the best backhand player. Uh, Sorry, the best forehand player if if he played on the backhand. Because the best forehand players are undoubtedly Arturo Coelho and sorry, Martini Neno. I've forgotten his name for a second. Undoubtedly. So yeah, I mean it would just be epic. And obviously these are these are just rumors. But yeah, to be honest, I am really looking forward to the next few weeks because partnerships, well, twenty twenty four partnerships will start to get announced. And apparently, so I saw a recent comment from Sanyo saying that his partnership is agreed for 2024. It's just that they've basically agreed not to say it until after the Master Final. I don't know whether you saw that, Gons. Yeah, I did see that. Well, it seems like it's Paquita Navarro, right? It seems like the rumours are indeed correct. Yeah, I think so. And uh, as we mentioned, it will be... It'll be exciting, I think, on a tournament by tournament basis. They've got I think they've got the potential to win any given tournament, but I don't see them very likely to make every like semi-final, semi-final, final. Um, so yeah, let's see. But as you say, I think it's very exciting, at least to when we get to the end of the season, the play stops, but we get to hear all the rumors, we get to see all the pair changes. And that gets us excited for for the new season. And I think this new season obviously will be even more exciting because we've got a new tour, potentially new tournaments, new places where Paddle will go. So all in all, it's uh, it's a very exciting time, I think, for for Paddle. And uh, yeah, I honestly can't wait. Yeah, agreed. And another partnership that's actually been confirmed is Alvaro Edli back 2024. I think Asburger said after the game that he will be sticking with Livac for the whole of 2024. That's what he said. He was probably a little bit excited at that yeah. point. I'm not sure that's going to happen, to be honest. Maybe not. Maybe not. Although they do get on really well and work well together. It could almost be like a replay of what the Neno and Stuba were when they were younger because potentially the Neno and Stuba wouldn't have separated if it wasn't for the Neno's yeah. car accident and obviously incredibly serious injury. One partnership I would absolutely love to see, and I was just thinking about it. Imagine Lebron, Oswald again. Wow, yeah. That would be pretty but, insane. I just I just think it has everything, to yeah. be honest. It's got the experience, it's got the magic, it's got the aerial threat. 
yeah, it, it's got everything. But um, yeah, instead of just dreaming, maybe we should move on to more concrete things. And talking about concrete things, the 16 players for the Barcelona Master Final, World Paddle Tour Master Final this is, and the World Paddle Tour's last ever tournament, have been confirmed. Gons, do you want me to read them out to you? Go ahead. So they are Agustín Tapia, Arturo Coelho, Franco Stupasuk, Martín Dineno, Alejandro Galán, Juan Lebron, Fede Chingoto, Paquito Navarro, Momo González, John Sanz, Sanya Gutiérrez, Alex Ruiz, Juan Tello, Javi Garrido, Mike Yanguas, and Coqui Nieto. Now, what a lineup that is. <laughs> Yeah, it's truly unbelievable. I think uh, as well, the tennis one has been a couple of weeks ago. And I almost like, in, in a way, I, I've always thought of these master finals a bit just like, oh, whatever, it's the end of the season. You don't even get to see that like quality uh, matches. They're all tired. But then at the same time, you all of a sudden get this like star-studded lineup where every single match is just like, wow. And uh, you get so excited for it. So I'm sure that this is going to be a great one as well. And uh, yeah, I think as well, the players, they they have a little fun with it as well, given that it's it's the last tournament. I think this one obviously is going to be extra special because it's the last World Paddle Tour event. So uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be a, a very exciting one. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on who you think maybe like the breakthrough pair is going to be or who do you think is going to potentially punch above their weight and who do you think will be the disappointing pair? It's a great question. The thing is, is because it's literally three wins and you win the title, it could just go any way. And yeah, all the pairs, I genuinely believe all the pairs have a shot. I'd actually say the only pairs I definitely don't think will win it are Alex Ruiz and Juan Tello and Momo González and Javi Garrido. But so, we, so you think potentially Sanyo and Yanguas could make I, it? I genuinely, I genuinely think so because we've seen how dangerous pairs are when they haven't been... Well, when they haven't been studied previously, no one's faced Yanguas yeah. Sanyo. Yanguas is playing the best paddle of his life, and Sanyo will be playing with absolutely no pressure and on the backhand, which will be incredibly enjoyable. And to be fair, he's been playing much better recently. I think he's been playing very well with El Oveja. So, yeah, I, I could just see any pair doing it. So I'd probably say my underdog, may well be Sanyor Yanguas. And I'd also love to hear your thoughts on that. But also, if you had to predict who you think will win it right now, who would you go for? This can change, obviously, because you know yeah. there's another tournament next uh, next week in between. So... I think Leron Angalan will win it. And Interesting. I think that in terms of underrated pair, yeah, I, I actually I would have to agree with you. I think I was I was just thinking, ah, no, I can't go with with the same. But 
Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I just think that, for example, because when you think about underrated pair, you can't say like Los Superbibes or you can't say Paquita no. uh, Chingoto. So Momon Garrido, I just, yeah, I, I I don't think they'll they'll make it. I think that they, they at the moment they have a ceiling, even though Momo's been playing actually quite well. But I think that they definitely mm. need a preseason together. Um, yeah. And Garrido, in my eyes, just needs to develop a bit more. I think he's got way more potential than, than what he's showing currently. And then Koki and John, I think as well, in a similar vein, it's just the fact that they're not as new anymore. Um, they're, they're, they don't have that surprise factor. And uh, yeah, I've, I have a feeling that Sanjo and Yanguas could could win one of these like big matches and, and make it through. But if I had to say one pair to win, I'd probably give it to Leroy Angalan. Because I think ultimately... Tapian Coelho, they've like accomplished what they needed to accomplish. I think Los Super Pibes aren't going to go dying for it. But if it's really Lebron and Galán's like last time together, then I'm pretty sure they're going to be up for it. Interesting. If I had to bet on it now, and it may well change after next week's Milan Premier Paddle Open tournament, I would actually say Tapian Coelho because... I actually think they're going to be incredibly motivated to just end the season on the same high as they started it. And my only massive worry is who out of the top two pairs, well, I don't know how the draw will be done, but I assume Yanguas and Sanyo might come in as the last seeded pair, so seeded eighth. So I would assume they will play either Tabiagoyo or Stupadineno. And that could be the big surprise straight away because I could right. see them beating any of those two pairs. So, yeah, I think Yanguas and Sanyo could really determine the outcome of the Master Final. And actually, one quick question before we log off for the day. Who do you think out of those 16 players is most surprised about making the Master Final? Koki Nieto, I think, without a doubt. If you... It's the first time Koki Nieto makes it. I think one of the first-timers. I think even John Santos as well. I don't think that... If you, I'm, I'm guessing you're asking me this from the perspective of at the beginning of the season. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think at the beginning of the season, if you would have told either John Santa or Coquineta that they made the master final thing, they would have uh, they would have been quite shocked themselves. I agree. I think it would either be one of those two or maybe Javi Garrido because has he ever made it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Potentially Javi Garrido as well. Yeah, I mean, I am very happy and glad to see Garrido in the master final because he has the potential to perform against the best players in the world on his day. I just hope his consistency keeps on improving. And, well, just so happy to see Yanguas because, as you know, he's one of my favourite players. So I'm sure he will give us some magic on the court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, it will be exciting to watch with Sanjo as well. But, uh, yeah, I think this is probably a good time to leave the episode here. And as always, Hugo... It's been a pleasure talking to you and to all our listeners. I hope you all enjoyed that. 
and uh, hold on guys there's still a couple of weeks left of paddle um but yeah uh hope to see you in the next episode hugo you will indeed as always and yeah gons always a pleasure thanks very much for listening in guys and do let us know if you have any suggestions regarding topics we should be discussing anything else or even if you just want to chat to us or chat with us just drop us a message on instagram twitter anything Have a great week, guys. Speak soon.